This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. They are off and running. Candidates for Ontario's 124 ridings are now officially campaigning for the June 7th election, which is four weeks from tomorrow. It would appear to be Doug Ford's election to lose. The PC leader has been leading in all of the opinion polls, whereas NDP leader Andrea Horvath and Liberal leader Kathleen Wynne have been jockeying between second and third place in voters' support. To talk about what we can expect from the campaign and what we can expect from the leaders. Aleem Kanji joins me in studio, VP of Government Relations, Sutherland Corporation. Welcome. Great to be with you, Jane. And on the phone, Kevin Godet of Bright Point Strategy. Hi, Kevin. Good morning, Aleem. And you, the voter, you're welcome to call now while we discuss uh, the upcoming election campaign officially underway, 416-360-0740 or one 740 Aleem, let's start with the individual leaders and what the voters can expect to hear over the next four weeks. Yeah, and it is game on, uh, as you quite rightly uh, point out. Uh, we're, we're now officially in it. Um, some would suggest we've been in it for a while, and I think that that is the power of a snap leadership rates with the uh, progressive conservatives, and now with Mr. Ford uh, uh, leading the the party. Um, you know, I think coming out of the recent debate that uh, you know a few of us uh, probably tuned into, I think that that sort of nervousness that we saw from each of the three leaders. Uh, is going to wear off. You're starting to see them in their own elements um, being challenged on various policies, be that transit or healthcare, uh, or of course, uh, seniors issues. Um, you know, these are issues, interestingly, that didn't come up during the debate uh, a couple of nights ago, but we, we should be assured that they will be coming up in, uh, in uh, the weeks ahead. And, and of course, uh, polling is, is, uh, uh, coming out of the debate is showing some very interesting numbers um, with uh, uh, Andrea Horvath potentially uh, in control of the official opposition in, in this province. Kevin, uh, the day began today with an announcement for seniors from Kathleen Wynne, a health care announcement from Andrea Horvath, and a transit announcement from Doug Ford. Do you think these issues set the tone for the priorities of the leaders? Not particularly, uh, and only because, as Aline pointed out, we've been in election mode, the province has been in election mode, the leaders have been in election mode for a while now. So just because today's day one, I don't think we should look at the announcements of today as any any special indication of the issues that matter to them. You know, all the leaders have complete packages. Uh, voters will decide for themselves how they feel about those complete packages. Uh, and, and in the case of the Liberals, they're 15 years of record. Um, so I, I don't think we'll see a disproportionate amount of time by uh, Mr. Ford, for example, on the issue of transit. He's got a five-point plan, and the Liberals put out a budget with a, a large amount of, of issues, and focusing on health care for seniors or, or money for seniors today is just one of them. 
Now, interestingly, and it made uh, front page news this morning, Doug Ford's announcement yesterday on education uh, that he plans to revamp uh, the sex ed and the math curriculum, uh, the free speech on university campuses. He wants something official in law about that. Uh, These promises, Aleem, they feel very much tied to some sort of arrangement he made with former leadership rival Tanya Granick Allen as he stripped her of her candidacy uh, and yet still is looking for her support, which she has been been showing him over the last day, at least on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, it is something I think, uh, uh, you know, Tanya Granick Allen certainly um, as a, um, a one issue uh, leader, one issue candidate. Uh, no, no big surprise that uh, the sex ed curriculum was top of mind uh, for her. Um, but, you know, I think if we come down to it and if we look at really at, at base what Mr. Ford is is talking about here is the whole notion of consultation. And he's talked about consultation with parents uh, around the sex ed curriculum. He's also talked about consul- consultation um, with the province on a whole host of, of different ideas. And I think that broader theme is something that we're seeing um, uh, come to uh, to play here. Um, so I think... I think that that broader consultation again is is uh, something that that um, whether it's it's public transit, whether it's healthcare, or whether it's sex ed- education, uh, he's going to want to to push um, uh, moving forward. Now, we also have heard that liberals and NDP uh, both in support of the sex ed curriculum. So, what does that mean uh, in terms of of, of um, the incumbent government, of course, and potentially the official opposition, the NDP, going against something that uh, that Mr. Ford is campaigning on. Kevin, why don't you give us your viewpoint of this, how this sex ed curriculum uh, revamp, how it's going to play with Doug Ford's base, those he wants to keep, and uh, the more progressive voters in the province who might be turned off by uh, this particular plan of Doug Ford's, even if they're buying into other ideas in his plan. I think Doug Ford's put together a, a, a fairly progressive agenda, um, despite how other people may want to characterize it. Um, you know, for example, the word love doesn't exist in the existing education uh, sex ed curriculum. Uh, it's 263 pages, and the word love doesn't appear in it. There's a lot of room for parents to, to be opposed to it and to want to have a greater say in their children's education. But more importantly, I think the sex ed curriculum change is an example of the type of difference between the platform that uh, Doug Ford and the PCs are putting forward during a change election versus the platforms of the Liberal and, and the NDP. So, for example, when we look at the differences between the PCs and the other two parties, the other two parties, for example, are each supporting a carbon tax. Doug Ford is opposed to carbon tax. Now, they're both talking about, I mean, Andrea Horvath, to her credit, has been honest about talking about a tax hike. We can argue about the honesty of the Liberal government and tax hikes. But they're talking about large deficit spending. Doug Ford, in contrast, is putting out a plan to balance the budget over a number of years. We can argue about the level of detail of that. Um, So uh, to to sum up, I would say we're looking at a change election, one point of which is, as Tech said, other points of which are new balanced budget, money back in your pocket, carbon taxes, just to list a few. 
We're speaking here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back with Libby's Nimer, Jane for Libby. Today, uh, Kevin Godet, Bright Point Strategy, along with Aleem Kanji, VP Government Relations, Sutherland Corporation. I want to hear from you. What are the big hot button issues for you in this election campaign as it officially gets underway? What's most important to you as an Ontario citizen, as a resident of this province? What is a make or break issue perspective for you. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. As we officially kick off uh, the campaign, which is, you know, at this point, Aleem, when we look forward the next four weeks, you wonder, will we continue to hear more of what we've heard or will there be some surprises? Are you expecting some unexpected moments? Absolutely. Uh, expect the unexpected. Uh, in, 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 of course, what is a, a short campaign? Look, the writ period is, is on, um, but this is a unique election in the sense that it is the first time, really, that Mr. Ford is being tested. He hasn't been opposition leader for a considerable amount of time. So the way to challenge him is, is on the campaign trail. And, you know, when when Mr. Ford talks about, as we saw him you know, being challenged on, um, talking about the four cents on the dollar in savings in terms of the, the, uh, the provincial budget, what does that actually mean? And, you know, it's, it's interesting because you got about... 85% of provincial program spending that's on salaries alone. You know, Jane, that's the salaries of our educators, our doctors, our nurses. And I think this sort of thing is going to have to be explained. Um, I don't think Mr. Ford is going to have to get into the weeds of it. But I think Ms. Horvath and Ms. Wynn will challenge him and say, uh, where are the efficiencies? And some call them cuts, but where, where are they going to be found? Uh, it's not to say that uh, he doesn't have the answers to them. I think he very well could, but he will have to be able to describe that. And I, and I would say that when you look at surprises over the next few weeks, look for a, a, a little bit of that to be um, articulated and, and for people to have questions to that and, and, uh, and, and to see some answers in terms of how that, that's going to be explained. Sure. And Kevin, what is the strategy in this uh, for Doug Ford in not presenting, I mean, other than to say he's going to find four cents on every dollar and actually presenting that plan, assuming that that is going to happen, he just seems to be holding back on uh, the actual proposal for uh, how he is going to find these efficiencies or what these efficiencies are and how he's going to pay for all of these promises. So uh, two things. First of all, uh, I think one of the things we will see going forward uh, with respect to surprises, if you will, the, the one thing that hasn't been announced yet by the Ontario PCs is their tax relief plan. Uh, so I look forward to seeing them roll that out. But your, your, your question was about the question of efficiencies. And, and, I, and I think the Ontario PCs are going to be challenged, importantly, as Elaine points out, by the Liberals and the NDP. Uh, it's a good tactic on their behalf, the fear, fear and, 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 and scare campaigns. Uh, Doug's answers are probably going to have to be process-driven. Uh, it's not clear what the numbers are. The Liberals have been attacked by the Auditor General uh, and the Financial Accountability Office for basically lying about the books. It's difficult to know what the books look like. So I think, I think the Ford campaign answer is going to have to be, look, uh, we're, we're, we're going to dig into it. We're going to use the best practices as enumerated by organizations like the Institute for Fiscal Studies and Democracy for a comprehensive program review. And we're going to dig into those numbers. We're going to have a, a, a commission to investigate where the waste has gone, 
There's so many examples of scandals. And I think that process answer is probably that specific is going to, going to be able to get. And, and from there, just move forward. And, 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 and then his pushback on the attack side will be, and by the way, Ms. Wynn, now that you're promising deficits forever, why don't you tell us what taxes you intend to hike uh, uh, or new ones you intend to increase in order to pay for the budget promises that, you've impl- that, that you're right. proposing. So turn it around as opposed to always being on the defensive. Well, look, the, the, the liberal record on, on taxes is problematic. They promise every campaign not to raise them, and, in, and every time they break that promise with hikes uh, or new taxes, and I would suggest there would be PC benefits for Doug Fords to point that out and ask her, so... How do you intend to pay Mm -hmm. for your giant deficit? Okay, let's go to the voters, Zoomer Radio listeners, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Elaine in Bob Cajun, go ahead, you're on Zoomer Radio. Hello, Jane. Wow, you've got your hands full today, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a busy day, yes. Anyway, Kathleen Wynne's announcement that she's going to extend PharmaCare for seniors. I'm a senior. I don't want anyone to pay for more hospitals and more uh, drugs. I want someone to announce how they're going to keep us healthy. I have a suggestion. Take the sales tax off of vitamins and supplements. Don't tax uh, vegetable seeds. You don't tax food. Why are we paying tax for vegetable seeds? We could be healthy, and I think the conservatives would save a lot of money just keeping people healthy. Well, that is a creative decision or a suggestion. Elaine, thank you for oh, calling thanks in. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great day. We appreciate your voice. Let's go to Ben in Toronto. Hi, Ben. You, go ahead. You're next. Yes, good afternoon. I, I'm having an issue with uh, the way we're discussing this election. We have a government that has four OPP investigations going on as we speak, or one of the, one of the investigations is turning somebody going to jail. I don't hear anybody talking about this. We're worried about Doug Ford and 4%. When your government is acting illegally against its own people, there is your problem more than the, the four cents that uh, Doug Ford is going after. I hope he finds eight cents, uh, but you know what? This is what the problem with this, uh, with this province is. Okay, Ben, thank you. Aleem, what about that and the OPP investigations? Is this something that will be on Doug Ford's radar going forward? Yeah, and, and you know, look, I think you've seen uh, Ms. Horvath and Mr. Ford um, talk about this. Um, you know, the the um, David Livingston, who was the former chief of staff to Premier Dalton uh, McGuinty, uh, and the uh, OPP investigation into the deleted emails, um, that is something I think that will continue to emerge as, as a theme. Um, I know he's out on bail. I mean, I can't even believe we're talking about this. So, but the fact that that somebody has been has been charged and and uh, and prosecuted over this is, uh, in some people's minds, like Ben, I think is is a big deal. And I think we should expect to see more of that coming up in in the weeks ahead because it is an issue. And this comes back to the core around accountability. And for some. A change mandate, you know, the old adage, governments are voted out versus voted in, comes back down to accountability. And uh, and I think, you know, Ben raises a really good point because um, these investigations are, are causing a lot of people a lot of anxiety uh, in their trust and uh, the, the accountability of, of the government. And, and Kevin Godet. In terms of these scandals of the past over the the last 15 years of of liberal rule at Queen's Park, how does Kathleen Wynne handle that to favor her in the best light, to put her in the best light? (laughs) 
because you know that those I'm, conversations I'm, 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 are going I'm on. I'm, I'm laughing because it's it, it's a very difficult question. Um, so you know, Ken, Ken raises the issue. Uh, you know, one of Doug Ford's five point plan elements is restoring responsibility, accountability, and trust in government. Um, it's not what they're going to lead with, but eventually we will see a period of time where where Doug Ford does roll out some of the announcements, uh, some of which he's already announced on on that issue. Uh, but trying to do it in as, as positive a manner as possible. Um, the voting electorate are pretty well aware of the history of corruption uh, of this government and the challenges it faces. And your question is, how does Kathleen Wynne respond to that? Yes. Um, well, there's, I guess, uh, you know, I, I'm not a liberal strategist, uh, but I would suggest there's probably a two, uh, two-pronged approach. One, to a great extent, they've tried to suggest that a lot of it, all of it was done aside from the one issue that they got passed in Sudbury. They will try and blame a lot of it on the history of the Dalton McGinty government, which relates to the second part strategy, which is they're trying to portray themselves as the change. So it would be an incumbent change agenda. And that is really hard for a government to do. It's very hard for this premier to do, to try and suggest that we as incumbents or she as incumbents are actually uh, able to be the embodiment of change. Um, And and, and then related, they'll, they'll pivot and be raise the the specter of fear of the unknown of what might one might get from Doug Ford. Aleem, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's it's easy to um, to sort of try to deflect blame on the previous uh, uh, leader. I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's the same party, um, and you know, you've you've really tried to see. Um, the Liberals, in, in, you look at the most recent budget in terms of how they've sort of tried to change the channel. Um, and this gets to the first call uh, on Pharmacare from Elaine. When you look at the fact that they put a, a budget forward, again, trying to sort of shift the perspectives, uh, move a little bit more to the left, the Liberals. And, and that's obviously a friendly territory for, for Miss Wynne. It's something she's in, I think, uh, uh, more comfortable with on the political spectrum. The challenge with that is that that they have tried to to win those NDP voters with those left leaning policies on pharmacare, dental care, etc. But the problem is, it, it seems is that people really really want change, and so instead of stealing votes away from the left, as we're seeing with these recent polls, they're actually giving and presenting the NDP as a viable option to centrist liberal voters, and so. Um, that that pivot to that that uh, uh, political perspective uh, may be shooting themselves in the foot. We'll find out. Let's go back to the Zoomer Radio voters. Steve in Mississauga. Hi. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Libby. It's Steve calling. From it's Jane, time. but that's okay. Carry on. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, there's a grand difference between um, running a business and running a government. One is designed for profit. The other is designed to make up the differences the whole notion of uh, somehow running a government like a business is absolutely asinine interesting perspective Aleem yeah you know it, it, of course we've seen uh, those comparisons uh, Steve uh, you know with uh, our friend to the south um, President Trump of course that that has espoused that that vision um, and uh, of course, coming out of of, of uh, the business world and moving right into government, um, and uh, you know, I'm not sure if the suggestion is being made there uh, around Mr. Ford. Um, you know, to to look at it holistically, he has served in government, right? He has run, uh, uh, served rather as a councillor in uh, in the city of Toronto, right? The sixth largest uh, budget in the entire country in terms of government uh, uh, budgets. Um, 
But at the same time, I, you know, I believe he wants to build uh, and bring that business perspective to the table. When you look at Six Sigma and all these these ideas in terms of how to create efficiencies in government. So I think it'll be a fine balance that he'll have to, to play in terms of not showing that he is the consummate business person, while at the same time, proving that he has government experience and bringing that to the table. Okay, Kevin, I'll give you the final word. And uh, callers waiting to get on the line, don't forget to call back on Free For All Friday when I'm sure the Ontario election will be a hot-button issue. Go ahead, Kevin. Well, uh, I don't have the luxury or the the challenge of of being the host, as you do, Jane, so I can be a little less uh, sympathetic to Steve. I just think it's fundamentally wrong, uh, uh, the caller, that there are a lot of business practices that can be applied to government uh, yes, of course, profit isn't one of them, but there are a lot of other ones which are, which is accountability, transparency in some in some cases, uh, constant improvement. Uh, Aline was referring to Six Sigma, uh, project project management, value for money. And there are a lot of business practices that do exist that aren't well functioning or or borrowed by by governments, and they could do much more of it. So in that context, I do think there's a lot of business practices that could be brought to government. But it just, it just relates to better dealing with taxpayer money and better taking care of the giant amounts, the $140 billion that this province manages. The responsibility of our mutual finances. Absolutely. Strategist Kevin Godet, thanks for your time. Thank you. And Aleem Kanji, VP Government Relations, Sutherland Corporation. Thanks for coming into the Zoomerplex. Great to be with you, Jane. Coming up next, the repercussions of Donald Trump's withdrawal from the 2015 nuclear deal. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.